Hi, everyone. It's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. So today I want to answer a question about hearing loss, hearing impairment, and fluctuating concerns with tinnitus, hyperacusis, and triple TS, tonic tensor tympani syndrome. And something I want to throw into the mix is this idea of what happens with our neurotype or with neurodivergence. As we're going through the medical system, we're getting hearing tests, we might be getting hearing aids fitted, and things are still really deeply a challenge and there can be this fluctuation piece too. So what what can happen is as the brain is taking in information and it's trying to learn about the world or be in conversation or just be responsive to bird sounds, door knocking, footsteps, um, when we're operating in a world at our best for a long period of time, so when we're trying to keep up with expectations and the pressure cooker of modern day life, the brain and body can very much um, really get to a point of burnout. And what that means is that then the brain and body have to reallocate where they're going to put their energy and resources. So when we have a hearing loss that is a permanent hearing loss, there's nothing we can necessarily do to recover that hearing, and that's okay. If and when we want more sound, we can use hearing aids to help fill in some of the auditory jigsaw puzzle and give us enough low, mid, and high frequency access to hear what we want to hear. But if the brain is being overloaded and experiencing sensory overwhelm or executive overload, then it doesn't really matter how much we use our hearing aids if all of that input is actually causing extra stress for the brain and extra load. The body and brain might actually be saying, right now today, I don't want to wear those hearing aids. I want to be in a nice cocoon. I want to retreat. I want a really slow day. I want to release the expectations and pressure. And I want to be able to do things at my own pace with a sense of peace and restfulness and quietness. So that can be excruciatingly difficult if we are locked into a nine to five working schedule or when there's financial pressures. And this is where being honest about having a social disability or a disability that is coming up against the way the world is structured and the way we're having to participate in the world, but our brain and body are actually at their limit. They don't have the capacity to keep up pace that's where we may have to speak up. And so if we do have a job, really advocate for all of the supports and flexibilities and working from home options, whatever you can negotiate um, and getting any NDIS or Medicare funding, depending on your country. All of that is really important for allowing you the time and space to let your brain and body reorganize itself. So it's a pretty big topic, but essentially our capacity to take information in can fluctuate, not necessarily because our hearing is changing. Usually the hearing cochlear function is quite stable. And if there are changes, they're discrete and they don't tend to happen, um, you know, daily or weekly or monthly. They're usually quite rare um, and standalone events. So what we're talking about here is more of that mental, emotional, spiritual capacity. When the body is potentially just really frustrated, fed up and tired. We don't have as much executive loading to help with um, our emotional regulation, to help with 
clear thinking, to have spaciousness to receive more input. You know, the brain actually has to receive all these ideas, all this information, and it has to have working memory and space to use that information. So I had a really lovely um, example of executive functioning in the brain and what it could look like. And the metaphor used was being like the administration desk of your personal brain and body. And so the executive functioning team is have it has all the paperwork, has everything stacked up nicely and organized. And as information is coming into our world, whether that's sensory information or social information or relationship or, you know, future planning, um, dreams, goals, fears, avoidances, sensitivities, all of this information is coming in in invisible little packages and our brain is having to sort through it, organize it and identify which bits of information are really helpful, relevant, and useful, okay? So we want to have them accessible, and possibly some of them we even want to store away for long-term long -term use. And perhaps we want to pull up some long-term memories and retrieve those and use them in the here and now moment. And then there's other pieces of information like, you know, electronic buzzing sounds of a a device in the corner of the room, you know, that's coming in, but it's not useful, it's not relevant, it's not helpful. So the, the executive brain, the administration team, is having to filter that out. And what happens when we do have um, a specific neurotype or neurodivergent brain where some of that executive loading and administrative organisation work, it even on a good day, it may not be very good at necessarily organising helpful information and unhelpful information which means the brain is having to do a lot of extra filtering and extra processing, and so it's a very busy brain, and that can come with obviously strengths and challenges. When we're getting access to lots of information and lots of um, sensory inputs, we can make more choices, we can connect more dots, we can have a very beautifully complex inner world, high creativity, high imagination, wonderful innovation and thought generation. But then we can also get confused. We can get distracted. Um, we can feel like we can't get anything done. We can feel like we're spending lots of time focusing on a really irrelevant sound that is not helping us and possibly is annoying us. And that's where tinnitus and hyperacusis and tonic tensor tympani syndrome come in. That part of this could be how the brain is actually organizing the soundscape and how it's using those sounds based on how the executive functioning and that administrative team in the brain is um, valuing that input. So let's just take a deep breath and digest all of this information. But essentially, for the most part, most people will have stable hearing most of the time. And when we do have actual genuine fluctuating hearing loss, um, that will be very notable, memorable and obvious and you can go to your audiologist and get a hearing test to check in in that way. But when we have fluctuating capacity to interpret sound information and to hear people and to, to be able to feel confident with how we're using sound information, that more comes into that executive functioning and auditory processing where there are parts of the brain that are organising sound information, organising which parts of the sentence and the words we want to listen to and use, being able to capture whole sentences and hold that information. 
just bearing in mind that if we're distracted, if we're emotional, if we're distracted by tinnitus sounds, or if we're getting that fight, flight, freeze, pain response um, in reaction to sounds such as hyperacusis and tonic triple TS, then that's another added load for, for the administration team to be monitoring the pain levels, the sound levels, the annoying sounds, and we can simply miss patches of speech. So we're hearing things, we're capable of hearing technically, but all of the, the sort of meaning and the language is getting jumbled on the inside. So I want to just really normalise this and say that when we're tired, fatigued, exhausted, run down, even just with a common cold or flu, um, this kind of reduced capacity to process external inputs is normal and it's okay to remove yourself and rest, cocoon, retreat, lay down and simplify, really deeply simplify uh, what you're exposing yourself to, to do in daily life. Delete, delegate, automate, prioritize. Um, and then on top of that, when we have high mental load, so maybe we're juggling a lot of different things, maybe we've got sick parents or maybe we've got difficulties going on with our kids, maybe there's work and career stresses, when we've got all of those extra mental load, our administration table is getting more and more full. It's juggling a lot of information. So there is a backlog in the processing. So it's just saying that the, the resources are getting stretched and stretched and slimmer and slimmer. And all of that is normal and fine. And that's why we do sometimes need to really pause in life and organize all of that um, information and try to simplify things and address each part that's important to us in our life. And that brings us to the emotional space that when we feel overwhelmed and flooded, we're more likely to experience a lot of fear, anxiety, dread, depression, and you know, self-doubt, low self-esteem, the I'm not good enough. And all of this adds to the to the the stress and the high activity around that limbic brain and the emotional brain. And that takes us away again from our beautifully functioning ex executive load, the administrative desk. So when we're highly emotional, we're not as effective. When we're highly emotional, we're not able to think clearly. When we're highly emotional, we're not able to hear as effectively. When we're highly emotional, we're just simply um, not as connected to ourselves and not as connected to others around us. So sensory inputs, thoughts, everything can get jumbled up, chaotic, disorganized. And guess what? Again, that's a normal part of being a human being. So what to do about it? First of all, I think just be really honest about how limited the medical world is to offer anything. You know, we can assess hearing, we can do brain scans and have a look at the health and the function of our vital organs and our sensory organs and our brain. But beyond that, the medical world are very limited at to what they can do to help. So just really honour the role of the doctor and that getting medical clearance sometimes is the best thing they can give us, even though at the time that can feel really disappointing after a lot of stress and a marathon of seeing various specialists. Um, so I just wanted to start there. Second is get to know your neurotype. Get to know the way your brain and body use information and inputs. Get to understand your capacity and resources. Get to understand your administration desk and how you can best support the organization of your inner world. 
so that you just get the best out of the brain and the body that you were born with. Definitely develop a relationship with your audiologist if you do have changing hearing needs. And if you are neurodivergent, like myself, I'm autistic, but there are many different types of neurodivergence. Understand your sensory profile, because it could be that if an audiologist is giving you hearing aids that give you too much sound, that can be very upsetting and distressing for your sensory system if you need quiet and if you might need earplugs sometimes to protect yourself um, from that sensory overwhelm and overload. So just really understanding how to be gentle, compassionate and kind to your personal bodily system. So I just want to reiterate by saying neurodivergence is a, is a natural human variation. We have different types of brain and body combinations. This is called neurodiversity. We used to have a medical model of you in the world, which sort of said everybody should look like this and people who don't look like this have a disorder. Whereas now we realize, oops, it makes more sense as a species that we like trees, like biodiversity, that we actually have neurodiversity. So having different people with different strengths and challenges within their neural wiring makes us a more robust species. So neurodiversity is normal and healthy. You may be neurodivergent if you are experiencing lots of tinnitus, hyperacusis, triple TS, and fluctuating capacity to um, process auditory information. These are commonly seen um, in people with neurodivergent brain, such as myself. So I really understand and empathize, but I think there's only so much the outer world can do from the outside looking in. It's very limiting. We have to feel and experience how our brain and our senses are organizing themselves. And we have to learn how do I best operate and how can I give myself conditions to thrive and what things are very much draining me and exhausting me. How can I literally change the way I view my body and the way I engage with the world so that I wake up every day rested and so that I go to bed every night content and satisfied. So to learn more about the work I do, visit seekingbalance.com.au. I host the Rocksteady community where we're all learning how to get the best out of our brain and body. We're connected by our shared experience of chronic tinnitus, dizziness, or vertigo. And there are many neurodivergent people in our community, but of course there will always be more neurotypical people. So we have all sorts of people and that really is the robustness and the strength of our group. Um, and we're affirming towards you however you show up. Um, let's keep this conversation going. It's a big question. It's a big topic. And I really hope this has been useful. So I'm Joey and it's a bye for now.